Yo, what's up? It's your girl, DJ Narc. Yo, I've done this podcast three times already. And, oh my God. (laughs) This Virgo moon. Oh my God. Like, if the magic isn't there, I can't fuck with it. Even if it's me. Even if it's me. And I just, like, while I was doing it, I was like, this is trash. But the reason I couldn't, like, get it to pop off and have it be that, you know, that thing where you listen to the podcast and, like, there's that moment where you, like, get, you know, that thing where you get it and you're like, oh, shit. Like, yo, that just, you know, opened my mind. It just wasn't there. And I think it's because I was just trying to talk about how I felt about watching the R. Kelly thing how I felt about like the ensuing stuff that's come out, the Jason Momoa stuff. Certain people are defending him a lot. Certain people are horrified. Like I tried to just do, you know, a half an hour of my reaction to that. And what I've realized is that I'm not, uh, I'm not quite built for reaction videos. I don't think, or like reaction commentary, because it doesn't really go anywhere. And I get bored if the narrative doesn't lead somewhere you know but I didn't know where to take it what do you do with a problem that seems so systemic across all different forms of business religion community I mean good lord everywhere you look there is some iteration of R. Kelly doing some version of what he's doing And so is it surprising at all that it's condoned and he's been allowed to continue to do? No, not at all. It's happening in every arena all around us. So how do you go on a mental walkabout and get somewhere and get to an aha moment with a topic that's so circular, systemic, never changing, you know, um, horrifying, horrifying so you don't even want to get too deep into it because regardless of why you get in the water you're getting dirty because the water's fucking disgusting you know so it's it's difficult it's difficult to take a subject like that that is just stagnant and disgusting and kind of you know derives its power from its own filth you know how do you make something of that Instead of just giving your people a bad feeling when they're done listening and going, ugh, why did I, like, what the fuck was that even about? Regardless of if you love me or not, you would have finished the podcast and been like, yuck. Like, I didn't learn anything. I don't feel better. You know, I don't feel like I can actually uh, help in any way. But, like, I kind of feel gross because someone put on me how bad they feel watching this stuff or how bad they feel looking around at what they see. I can't do that. You know, again, that's just not being useful. Like, what's the point of that? Everyone feels pretty much the same way, I'm assuming. You know, I'm sure your reaction is on par with mine. Disgust, disbelief, helplessness, sadness, fear, tears. Uh, You know, that feeling you get in the when the hair on the back of your neck stands up when you realize that not only is racism alive and well in America, it is thriving flourishing uh yeah we pretty much all had the same reaction 
I don't, you know, like that was like one of the only times in my life trying to do this podcast where I couldn't talk for half an hour because I ran out of shit to say. Because I was just like, what the fuck am I talking about? Everyone feels this way. Who the fuck is watching that stuff and not going, yo, first of all, dude was molested by a guy. He like when you molest children before they go through puberty, regardless of what sex, sexual orientation they were going to be, what you did to them imprints on their sexuality. So they have this self-hate loathing relationship with their sexuality but they have to carry it out like there's uh there's not much you can you know there's not much different about what you saw and what I saw it's all there it's all pretty obvious right so then now the Jason Momoa thing is a little bit different because half the people who saw it think it's pretty fucking obvious. And the other half think that we're being monsters for even wondering, right? <clears throat> That's a little different, but we'll get to that. Drink something. I'm going to drink something. Yo, I'm. this has been a weird thing to talk about. Like really, really weird because it touches on so many things. This thing has its fingers in a lot of pies, you know? Excuse the analogy, but like, really, this thing has its little tentacles and everything. I mean, if you start to look around at our culture, excuse me, and sort of uh, use this whole R. Kelly experience as like tracing paper, you can kind of put it right over our culture and it fits in all the lines. Like, that's what it has been really shaking me that I haven't been able to articulate. Is that it's so fucked up. And yet it is so not surprising and such a part of our culture. What the fuck? Like, why is it still right now on this day, January 10th, that there is like a house with like a bunch of girls like this and him and that's still happening right now? Why? I mean, (laughs) right? You have to take a much broader approach to what you're looking at. Because it's just everywhere. It has to do with the legal system. It has to do with money. It has to do with celebrity culture. It has to do with porn. It has to do with things from porn that have made their way into our culture. Into just like, you know the 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 state of things here right it's everywhere i mean he wants everybody to call him daddy that's become vernacular and i've always found it really disturbing but that's become vernacular so if one of the things that they want to point out on that show is that he has all these girls call him daddy well okay well you know, that's become a joke in our culture. A lot of people do that. Cardi does that. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Uh, a lot of the things that they say that he does and that they want to stay and then they don't want to stay, a lot of that stuff sounds like it's right out of porn. So if you're watching someone in a controlled environment do it, even though you know through research and all sorts of other things, that these people are almost never willing participants. These are survivors of abuse, almost always on the female side, right? But okay, put all that to the side. It's okay when you see it on camera, 
but it's not okay when someone does it for real. Our hypocrisies are starting to catch up with us. And I think that's always been R. Kelly's loophole is our hypocrisy. I mean, let's be completely real. Why are we talking about R. Kelly marrying Aaliyah at 15 when he was 28 if we're not going to talk about Jay-Z dating Beyonce when he was 28 and she was 16 and he started talking to her when she was 15? And Jay and R. Kelly did a whole album together. Like, he's the monster of monsters, but it's very hard to talk about him and and denounce him without being like an obvious hypocrite if you don't mention all the other shit around him. Like, look at the entire porn culture. The most popular videos are always the ones that suggest that the girl in the video, quote unquote, looks underage. And what's the other trigger word for the most popular porn videos? Abused. Under looking age, underage looking girl abused by blank, blank, blank. What the fuck? Of course, that's his loophole. He's like, what? Yo, I'm your culture in the form of a human being. I'm your neglect. I'm your hypersexualization. I'm your toxic masculinity. I'm your apathy to child abuse and child sex abuse. I'm your apathy towards uh, young black children in a hood environment, Chicago. Like, he is the embodiment. He is the incarnation of all the things that we let slip through the cracks. And, and now we see this monstrosity and we also see how we've let it continue and we're aghast and I can't think straight and I don't know what to say and what the fuck, what do you mean? It's all around us. That's why I was talking in circles in the other one and I couldn't post it because I didn't want to say what it really is because it's really fucking uncomfortable. Like I was saying to Redley last night, I was like, yo, part of the reason it's hard to do the fucking podcast is because you're watching the show and you're completely aghast for most of it. And then they'll say something that he likes or they did and they're trying to make it sound horrific. And it's something maybe you like. It's something that a lot of people maybe like. And you're like, oh, wait a minute. Right. So much of our culture is built with this like aggressive, rapey, right? Alcohol soaked, like there's a almost like a set of givens of things that we find sexy that if we were taken out of this particular culture people would look at it and be like you think that's sexy that sounds like abuse or assault or both or what the fuck is going on like we <clears throat> are doing ourselves a great disservice if we point fingers now and say He's a monster and we don't know how he got that way. And we don't know how he's allowed. That's one of the things I keep saying in the show. I don't know how he's still out here. I don't know how he's still. How do you not know? Look around, ma'am. Do you see what the fuck is going on? Are you surprised? (laughs) Like, isn't To Catch a Predator like a show? That's how much people do this? Well, how come he gets to get away with it? Because he's falling through many cracks. We allow people with lots of money to basically get away with anything. I posted that thing about the guy they found 
This was the second young black man they found dead in his apartment. Dude didn't even go in to, like, the police station for questioning. They questioned him in his house, and that was it. You know, like, we, as a collective, cannot take this as an opportunity to smear all our shit onto one person, regardless of how much he deserves it. Listen, he deserves every fucking horrible thing that ever happens to him again. Like... I'm not saying that, but it's just really difficult to, you know, feign this clutching of the pearls and say, oh my God, I can't, we know there's all kinds of other groups that do this shit. We know there's all types of shit going on like this. We know there's all this fucking human trafficking. We know out of the how many thousands of kids they took, 1,500 are missing and they think they went to human traffickers at the border. We know what the fuck is going on. And yet, he was able to become this amalgamation of all of our sins. You know, we do treat people with money differently. We do treat people with celebrity differently. We do treat uh, young black women differently. One of the guys in the show, I think the most poignant moment in that entire lifetime thing is when the old white juror says, I just didn't believe them. The way they were dressed, the way they were talking, I just didn't believe them. And that really fucked with me. Up until that moment, I I was also like aghast. Like, how the fuck is this just being allowed to happen? Well, because it's many of our sins compiled into one situation. This is the same reason that black women die in emergency rooms more than anyone. This is the same reason that even though their heart disease rates are so low, black women are the ones that die most of heart attacks because nobody believes them. There is this unconscious uh, belief that black women can handle anything, that they're strong enough physically to handle everything, and also that they can't be trusted at all. And that's what the guy, the white juror made it sound like, was that because they were black and everything else he said after that was just another way of saying because they were black, he couldn't trust them. Basically, he was saying, I think they wanted it. And now they want money from him. Why? Because there is this pervasive narrative within this country and all over the West that women of darker skin are hypersexual because that's what they wanted us for. So that's how they portray us. And that's the only box we're allowed to fit in. You know, like say what you want, but I ain't seen a movie ever that Selma Hayek is in where they didn't like show what she got. And she got a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like they only let in what is going to perpetuate their narrative. The danger of that is the narrative becomes so solidified that we don't realize that there's something outside of that called, you know, like a like an objective reality. In this country, if a black woman says that someone did something to her or that she that she says that she doesn't feel well, you know, like it's like it's like laughable. Like, oh, a black woman said her left arm hurt. Well, I'm sure she can continue with a fucking, you know, hurt arm. That's the thinking. Meanwhile, a white male over 55 says his left arm hurts or is numb and the ambulance is there because that motherfucker is definitely having a heart attack. So 
you know, compile these really unfair, deeply racist, right, stereotypes, hypersexualization, like strong bionic strength, right? Love, hate, always with the black female in America. Um, We want you to raise us and our kids, and we want to sleep with you, but we want to keep you hidden away so no one can see. It's just, like, disgusting, the, the thing that's grown up in this country around race. It's so disgusting. Oh, my God. But, like, if I ever started talking about racism on here, we'd be here for years. Like, I have all the facts and all the figures and all the fucking dates. Like, it's just, I, I've never understood racism. I've never been able to wrap my head around the fact that someone would think they're better than somebody else because their skin protects itself from the sun. You gotta be the dumbest fucking animal on earth if you think a polar bear is smarter than a fucking brown bear because one's got brown fur and one's got white fur. You're a fucking idiot. Like, and that's not even a fair comparison because they're like different, like, right? They're so different. Like, we're the same fucking animal and some of us are better at protecting ourselves from the sun and therefore our bones and our muscles can become denser. This is all that's happening here. Like, I am so deeply troubled by racism, not even as like this thing that happens in the world and kills people. And of course, I relate on that level, but I'm troubled on an intellectual philosophical level. I'm troubled that different variations of tree frogs, you know, are, are, hate each other because one has yellow and black dots and the other one is red and black striped. Like, what the fuck are we doing how are we still stuck at ground fucking zero, meeting point zero, and have been able to make no fucking progress whatsoever? Because we can't even get it through our fucking heads that our, re- our skin's reaction to the sun is not that big a fucking deal. People are always like, oh, I wonder why aliens are coming. This is why aliens don't come here. This is why aliens don't come here. Because we can't even get from step one to step two. We're literally still stuck at step one. And it's been thousands of fucking years. We still can't learn the very basic first lesson. That we're all the fucking same. Disgusting. Yo, every time I meet a racist person. Like, I wish I had that ability to, like, projectile vomit. I wish I could just projectile vomit on race. Like, it's just so disgusting to me. (sighs) Okay. Anyway. Because it's so like, what the fuck? You're mad about melanin? I'm just so confused. I'm, I'm, I'm mad because nothing makes me angrier than stupidity. Nothing. Like, you could be as fucked up and schemy and all that fucking shit. And I'll, I'll be like, all right, all right. I could see, like, the thought process. But stupidity? Like, when someone's just dumb? That shit gets under my skin. Like, oh my God, I turn into a completely different person. Like, I have zero fucking patience. Like, if you honestly think that a skin cell's ability to protect itself with a fucking substance called melanin makes us different, you have it too, but you just have less than I do. So you think you're better or worse than me? Forget everything else. Forget everything that's ever happened. You're a moron. That's all that's wrong. That's all I'm mad about. You're just fucking stupid. That's it. 
everything else is good. You're just too fucking stupid to live. Like, you have no business being alive. You're too fucking dumb. Because, like, as a species, we got to evolve at some point. I'm telling you, and I say this often, and people are always like, Umber, do you mean that? Yeah, I mean it. Racisms are, racists are keeping us back from evolution. It's actually like, you know, it's such a gag on them because racists are usually the ones that find themselves preoccupied with evolution. You know, they're very concerned with their genetics. Well, your genetics are stupid. You shouldn't want to carry out your genetics. That's why your genetics are dying out because you're dumb. You know, if you actually cared about your genetics, you would mate with Africans. They do have the strongest genetics in the world, right? Dummies. If you actually gave a fuck about your genetics, but that's not what it's about, is it? That's not what it's about. It's about elitism. It's about elitism. And that like and that's when I say when I say we had to take a longer road and get somewhere with this R. Kelly stuff, that's what I mean. Like it has to go somewhere, right? And so where I find myself naturally gravitating with this conversation, instead of getting stuck in that pit of horror, like what the fuck was he doing? Why the fuck did it keep happening? Well, we know. We know why it kept happening. Now what? Well, the greater question, even greater than we didn't give a fuck because they were black girls. We know that. We know that. That shit, like I said, emergency room, deaths. Like we know that shit is still happening. Nobody, nobody gives a fuck. I say, yo, I say this around black people and they always look at me sideways. I'm like, yo, nobody gives a fuck about black people. And they're like, what? And I'm like, they don't. Nobody gives a fuck about Africa. China is carving Africa up. Nobody gives a fuck. Black people dying in the street. Nobody gives a fuck. Cops kill people whose house they come to on a call. Nobody gives a fuck. Like, what? I'm stating the obvious. And they're like, well, do you do you give a fuck? Well, obviously, I give a fuck. I'm pointing out the fucking facts to you. Because, like, we all need to live in the really real world. Like, I'm sorry, but that's just the fucking truth. It's like my dad, when I was a kid, he'd be like, yo, don't fucking think for a second that the people here look at you and think that you're one of them. They don't. And maybe there was a point in my life where I thought that was really harsh and it kept me feeling isolated. But you know what? Now I'm really fucking glad he did it. Because when you see these motherfuckers walking around with their fucking MAGA hats, you got to understand. You can't be brand new and be like, oh my God, these people don't think I'm American. Bitch, these people never fucking thought you were American. These people don't think black people are American and black people built this fucking country. If the people who built the fucking country aren't American, who the fuck is? This country was built on the back of black people. Like, what the fuck? If they're not American, who the fuck is my Pakistani ass like talking about? Like, y- yo. <laughs> but even past that, even past the systemic institutionalized racism and pedophilia that is just runs rampant uh, through many governments, not just ours, and through many celebrity cultures, not just ours. Even past that, what are we looking at? To me, the thing that stuck out most with those girls is that he knows how to do it. He knows how to groom them, that he uses their free will against them. And that got me thinking. I was just watching something about how uh, suicide rates, cutting rates, everything is going up in the 10 to 14 year old age group among girls. And it started with uh, it coincides with the taking off and the popularity of Instagram. So. The thing that you notice with the R. Kelly stuff, part of how he grooms them is he does the opposite of what was done to him. 
all the girls seemed to have the same story. He was so nice. He was so attentive. He talked to me all the time. It was so great. And then boom, he turned. Well, because in the beginning, he's giving you all the things that he didn't get. He was obviously neglected as a child. I mean, the fact that all three of those boys were molested as kids, as very, very young kids, and nobody seemed to notice, kind of says it, right? You got three terrified little boys running around, you're going to notice. So they were obviously neglected. And so he does the opposite to them in the beginning. He doesn't neglect them. He pays them lots of attention. And then once he has them groomed and they're basically completely in love with him, right? Because they're getting what they also need most. He picks the ones that are neglected. He picks people like himself, right? So when he has you hooked, when you're in love with him already because he's giving you what you always needed, what you've never gotten, and he knows exactly how to give it to you because he never got it, then he puts you into a factory, into a system of controlled neglect. See, he was so neglected as a child that it turned into a perversity. So he can't get off now unless he neglects you and then molests you. That's the only way he knows how to get off. So keep them in a dark room and don't let them talk. Don't let them leave. They're trapped. They're trapped in a situation they can't get out of. They can't go to the bathroom. They can't eat. And they need your permission to do anything. And sometimes they can bang for hours and you won't let them out. What does that sound like? That sounds like a neglected child locked in a room. So once they reach that helpless state that he did as a kid, right? Nobody cares about me. Nobody loves me. I'm alone. I'm completely neglected. My needs, my physical needs, going to the bathroom, eating, sleeping, you know, having the lights on, being able to leave and go outside and breathe fresh air, being able to open the window, being able to just go down to the kitchen. My physical needs are not being met. I'm being severely neglected. And once that sets in, the helplessness sets in. Because for him, he was a little kid. He couldn't get out. But with these girls, he locks them in. Or he terrifies them that they're too afraid to open the door and get out. And then he has them. When that helplessness of, oh my God, this is my situation. I have no control over my physical self, over my needs. None of my needs are being met and I have no control. Then he comes in this monstering, monstrous, looming, you know, looming figure who starved you and kept you in the dark and, you know, beat you up and everything. And then he's affectionate. But you're so starved for, from neglect. You're so starved from like not even being able to go out of the room to use the bathroom and like pissing in a bucket that the affection instantly becomes violent. You see, because it's just an extension of the neglect. They think that he's going to come back in and be that loving person that he was when he first met them. They always have that hope of like he's going to come in and be nice. But they don't understand what he what is the only thing that can get him off. So the only thing that can get him off is terrifying a neglected child. Because that's what he was trained 
through experience with that older person that did that to him, his mind is wired to that sexuality. That's what I like. That's, that's, that's good. And regardless of how much he may hate it, it's the only way to get him off. Right? So the, the girls have to be young, not just because he has this pedophile, you know, he's a pedophile and it's part of that like fetishism of young children, but it's specifically because young children are the ones who are the most neglected. It's right after that 12, 13 year old stage that they don't really give a fuck if they've been neglected or not because they care more about their peers anyway. So that attachment and the sorrow that comes from lack of attachment, it dies away and they don't give a fuck and they're just into their friends and they're like, okay, well, fuck you. You had your chance, you know, at being my parent and getting my love and teaching me how to love and you didn't do it. But now I got my boys. Now I got my friends. Now I got my gang. Now I got my girls. Now I got, you know, my dojo. Now I got whatever the fuck. Now I got my college. Now I got my school. Now with me, now I got my books, you know, whatever. But in those precarious years between 10 and, you know, 15, where you're still very much needing your parents' attention, affection, protection, um, that's when they're the most helpless, right? And, and, and yet aware but helpless. So what we're dealing with in essence is neglect. And what seems to be according to the numbers, the case is that women suffer from neglect and act out in very self-destructive ways because of it much more than men. There's probably some historical reasons for that. Men, boys have always been more favored than girls. You know, in most societies, there's that. Um, Boys will externalize their rage as opposed to girls who will internalize it. So they're not like this, you know, siren going off, help, help, help. They'll start cutting and doing other things. They'll starve themselves. Um... Because they have to put the pain somewhere. Boys will hit people, you know, they'll threaten people, they'll, you know, they're overall just be rambunctious and violent and, and, and aggressive. And girls will turn it on themselves. So neglect and then the cycle of predation that can follow based on that neglect now add to this hellish cycle, social media. Because it has become an unwitting tool in this disgusting timeline. And and because we have to take this somewhere to make it make sense and have it be useful instead of us just recounting how disgusting it all is, um, we need to push it forward into this space. Why do we come from a culture where there are so many young women who can be preyed upon so easily because they think very little of themselves or because they have been taught that they aren't worth much because they're neglected. And now add to that social media where girls, no matter how much they're taken care of or not taken care of, they're internalizing the rage of not looking like the girl 
who posted that selfie or went to this place or not having the body. I mean, you've got 13 year olds drooling over the bodies of 28 year olds who've had six surgeries thinking, oh my God, but that's what the boys in my class like. And I'm never going to look like that. You right, bitch. You never going to look like that. God willing. You don't want to look like that. And you don't want to, you don't want to know what she's going to look like when she's 55. Trust me. You know, but we are adding another really dangerous element to what is an obvious problem already, which is that girls are primed by this culture and now social media culture as long as well as the media to think so little of themselves that they can be rolled up into something like this. And does it start with neglect? Does it start with, you know, maybe the parents not saying, I mean, my parents were around all the time, but it doesn't make much of a difference if your parents are around all the time, if they're telling you negative shit about yourself, you know, and then you, and then nowadays kids go on social media and they, and they're going to put more negative shit on themselves because they're going to look at every other person that they now have access to their personal photos and go, oh my God, that person is so much prettier than me. So suicide rates, cutting rates, depression rates, everything is going up for girls from 10 up in the past 8 to 10 years. Now, if you can't see a direct correlation between what R. Kelly is doing with these girls and what these girls have as their, you know, background growing up and what they've been through, what issues they've had, if you can't see the correlation between that and what's going on now on like a much larger scale, I understand I understand it's, it can seem like a bit of a leap until you really question their motivations because, you know, R. Kelly's not wrong. He doesn't have them chained up. They could leave. You know, Instagram doesn't make you stay on your phone. You could just turn it off. You know, you don't have to go and check that person's profile, that person's profile, but, you know, you do. And those girls stayed. And there is an element there that's very uncomfortable that we need to talk about. We do these things that we know are terrible and humiliating and bad for us. And we let our kids do them too. And we don't say the obvious. Like why why were those girls staying in those rooms? Because when you groom someone who's already been neglected and fallen through the cracks, and those are the ones, you know, in the show the guy says, he looks for those ones. When you groom someone who's already fallen through the cracks... To not have, you know, any worth outside of what you give them. I mean, is is social media and modern culture our predatory sugar daddy? You know, is that our Pied Piper? Because... I feel like more and more girls are falling through the cracks now because of social media. Before, you could go to somebody's house and see their photos. You could go look through their albums if you knew them personally and see their photos. There were like 10, maybe 30 people in the world that you saw their photos in magazines because they were like famous. And that was fucking it. And now you could look at anybody's face, anybody's body, anybody's anything, anybody's personal photos, anybody's family photos all over the place. And I feel like it's breeding a greater culture of neglect. Well, first of all, more and more parents are actually physically on their phones. So they are actually just physically neglecting their kids. And they give their kids their phone, 
which is also a form of neglect because you don't want to fucking take care of the kid or you don't want to like mess with the kid right now. So it's an easy like here, just take this. Right. So there's that. But there's also like a huge lack of accountability on the part of adults. We act like we don't know that kids are watching this stuff. We act like there aren't 10, 11, 12-year-olds going to pages and saying, whoa, look at that girl's face. Whoa, look at that girl's body. Where is the, you know, if you want to get verified, Instagram wants to see your ID. But any 10-year-old can lie and get an account. We, we are letting kids fall through the cracks in areas where they're not even supposed to be privy. Right? It's just like online porn. When that first started, nobody thought about the fact that like a 10, 12-year-old can get on the internet. It never occurred to anybody that children know how to access the internet. That was never a conversation. You see what I'm saying? When you start pulling this fucking thread, this whole sweater comes apart. Like, what? how the fuck? Unpopular opinion. This is my fucking opinion, personally. How the fuck is online porn legal? How the fuck is something that's available to any child sitting anywhere to be able to see that shit? How is that fucking legal? How? Why are there no regulations about it? This is what I'm talking about when, it comes, when I talk about the fucking nastiness and the dirtiness and the perversity of our society. This is what I mean. It's the most commonplace, right, hiding in plain sight shit. Why the fuck is that so accessible? There aren't children all over the world. Children don't love technology. Children, okay, okay, maybe when it all started, you could say, oh, we didn't know. We didn't know how much it would take up. But you know now, right? Or no, you still don't know. You know now, right? That kids be on the iPads, they be on the YouTubes. You can find fucking porn on YouTube. Like, we know now, right? So where, where is the oversight? Where is the moral oversight on the part of these corporations themselves? Right. Because, again, it's very easy to point to one person who's acting like a total fucking monster. And absolutely deserves to like fucking rot in jail or just be shot in the head. I get it. But it's really fucking hard to point the finger at one person when you're standing in a pile of shit and be like, yo, that person's shitty as hell. Well, yeah, but look at what the fuck we're in. There's a reason that he knew he would get away with it there's a reason he's still out here being as cocky as he is because he has no illusions about our culture he is a product of it he knows nobody gives a fuck about young black women he knows that he knows people give a fuck even less about black women of age right anything that caused concern or they tried to play up in that lifetime shit was when the girls were really young because it's almost like a given. Oh, well, if she's older than 19, 18, then she's a grown black woman. Nobody gives a fuck. It's like laughable how obvious that narrative was in the show. Like, oh, but that's, you know, kind of different. Not when you're talking about someone who's psychologically manipulating, torturing, and sexually assaulting people. There's not much of a difference. It's just a bunch of women that are being fucked with. I'd love to see how much of a distinction they would have made if all those women were white. You know, I mean, if he had just had a thing for uh, white girls, 12, 12 year old white girls instead of 12 year old black girls like Aaliyah, this motherfucker would have been in jail the same, you know, the same day. (laughs) 
You know, Arch- uh, you know, I believe I can fly would have been written in prison. Because I still believe he would have written it, you know. But this thing that happened in the 90s, this monster we created that's like now, you know, everything is coming out about him. Uh, make no mistake, our culture has matured just along with him and along the same paths. Oh, he was making videos of fucking 12 year olds. Everyone we fucking know who's a celebrity now has a fucking sex tape. Sure, they're not with 12-year-olds, but, like, look at what the fuck is going on. You, It's just, it's impossible to not see it. And now what we're doing is we're turning these new platforms into variations of porn as well. And we're allowing kids to see this as well. And kids are taking it out on themselves. Kids are hurting themselves and killing themselves and, you know, raging on themselves and raging on each other because we're inviting them into this photo album of adults and things that adults do. And sure, there are lots of things that kids can see that adults do, but we also can't account for all the fucking adults out here and what the fuck they're into and what the fuck they be about. And yet, just like those girls, those young girls in Chicago, just like R. Kelly when he was a kid, now all these kids are being neglected because we care more about money than we do about their well-being. That's the only reason online porn is accessible, because it's a fucking billion-dollar business. And when it comes down to it, we don't give a fuck about kids more than money. We care more about money than we do about children. It's a very harsh thing to say, and I stand behind behind it a thousand fucking percent. And that is what is reflected in most of our laws. And in, I mean, just look around from Epstein with his island of children. The girls were all like 12, 13 years old. Every fucking major president has been to his island. Every major president has gone to his parties. I mean, where do we begin and end? And now we're letting the same dirty fucking culture and these fucking pedophiles and these fucking predators, right? Regardless if they were preyed on themselves, preyed upon themselves or not, we're giving them this new outlet through which to prey upon kids in a space that kids aren't supposed to be in. When I saw those numbers of what Instagram has done to kids, it blew my mind. And it like got me thinking like, yeah, exactly. Why are kids like, why is this accessible to kids? This really doesn't have anything to do with children. And it puts them in a really vulnerable position because you open them up to a world full of disgusting, nasty, fucking R. Kelly-like adults. And that's the other thing. A lot of people on the live were saying, hey, Amber, how do you talk to your kids about abuse? How do you talk to your kids about this or that? Yo, you need to, regardless of how delicate your fucking temperament is, grow the fuck up, sit your kids down, regardless of their fucking age, and tell them, the moment, the millisecond, the half a millisecond that you even feel something weird in any way, a look, a touch, a graze, a comment, you turn to that person and you say, my mother is a fucking psychopath. And she told me to tell you that she will kill you and cut you up into pieces so small and feed you to so many different dogs in Riverside Park that no one will even know you're gone. 
She will fucking kill you. And then you come and tell me what happened. Oh, well, what if it's the wrong person? Or what if they didn't really mean it like that? Listen, you are never going to get in trouble if somebody makes you even the faintest bit, you feel like, oh, anything, a comment, a look, a gesture, whatever the fuck, you tell them. You look them right in their fucking face and you say, my mother is a psychopath and she's going to fucking kill you. Do you get that? Because we, this is out of our hands in a lot of ways. The way the culture is progressing now, the way social media has a mind of its own. We cannot live in this naivete anymore that R. Kelly is this isolated thing, this isolated example of like, dude, this is every, look at how fucking nasty these dudes are. Look at these fucking guys in their 40s dating girls in their 20s. Look how fucking disgusting this shit is. What the fuck does a 20-year-old know about the fucking things you need to do in life, sir? No, seriously, sir, fucking tell me. And you her, you her husband number one. You how she's going to make her money. And, and then she's going to marry someone she likes. Dummy. What the fuck is wrong with y'all? What? You know, that it's like that Jay-Z quote. Oh, uh, when a good girl's gone bad, she's gone forever. You mean when you molest 15-year-olds? Is that what you mean? Do you mean when you molest children, then there's no way to get their innocence back? Is that what you mean? Is that what you mean, sir? Hanging out with R. Kelly and making whole albums, sir? Remaking those albums in the studios with the bed in the middle of the room with the 12-year-olds on them? What the fuck? Would it, would it be okay? Would it be okay since you made a whole album with him and we're chilling with him and tight with him? Would it be okay for Blue to hang out with him? No, right? Because that's just only okay for a certain type of girl, right? You, you, w- would you be okay with a grown-ass 30-year-old rapper uh, hanging out wherever Blue was at when she was 15? No, because that's your daughter, right? What the fuck? What the fuck? What are we doing? What are we doing? Protection is, is afforded to the elite, is, is what you're trying to tell me. That's what Surviving R. Kelly showed me, is that the laws, the structure, the system, it's in place only for the elite. The rest of this is like, it's all up for grabs. You can't, you can't hit on Blue when she's 15, but you could hit on Beyonce. Because Beyonce's mom was just a salon owner. But not Blue. You can't, you can't hit on Blue because Blue's mom is Beyonce. You see what I'm saying? Like, wh- we have to look at so much <laughs> if we're going to talk. There's no way to talk about fucking R. Kelly in a bubble. The economic advantages, the fucking societal advantages, everything, everything. We have to talk about all the different ways that women are stripped of their worth bit by bit by bit by bit. So you say yourself, you know, I'm in comparison to everything that I'm seeing and hearing and feeling and being told. I'm just not worth much. So regardless of how this person treats me, I'm being so neglected by society. I'm being so ignored. My needs are being so ignored by society that if this person just gives me even a little bit of what I need, yo, I'm happy with it. Are we now grooming girls like R. Kelly did? Is that what we're doing? Are we grooming entire generations? 
to just leap at the first thing that shows them any approval or any love because because they don't look like the Instagram girl. So, you know, anyone that likes them, like, let's just take what you can get because I'm never going to look like that. Not until I have X amount of money and I can get the surgeries. Is that is that what we're doing? Because that's what it seems like to me. And it's very fucking disturbing. And I got like 10 minutes here and I want to have like a serious conversation with you about this like looks thing. Listen to me. If you're one of these people that's sitting on here looking at people, you're looking at their nose, you're looking at the shape of their lips, you're looking at their skin, you're looking at the size of their eyes from this fucking Kendall Jenner fucking train wreck on down. Okay, you're looking at these people. Fine. Listen to me very fucking closely. Not only do they not look like that, because I know that's not going to make much of an impact on you. Not only do they not look like that, but who cares? They take a photo like that. More than that, I've got to impress this on you. It doesn't fucking matter. Because there are things that they don't have that you have that you would never trade. Never, no matter what. Like Jesus could come down here and be like, bitch, I'll give you her face and her body, but I'm going to take your humor. Or I'll give you her face and her body, but I'm going to take your rhythm and your ability to dance. I'll give you her face and her body, but I'm going to take the way your grandmother loves you. Or the way you love your family. You would never. You would fucking never. They could show you the girl that you look at the most on Instagram. The girl that you think has everything perfect. The girl, there was a girl over here yesterday that was saying, oh, such and such's life is just perfect. Like her life is perfect. You could take any of these fucking hoes that you look at. Any one of them. The one that you think has the perfect fucking life. And if Jesus himself came down here and said, okay, bitch, I will give you all the things that she has that you think you want. But I'm going to take, list it, your ability to draw, your ability to dance, your ability to sing, you know, the way you love your mom, the connection you have with your brother, the, 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 the insane talent you have at XYZ, your passion about motorcycles, your passion about photography, whatever the fuck. You'd be like, you know what? I know I spent a lot of time obsessing. I know that I spent a lot of time being upset, but actually I'm good. I, 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 I don't want to trade that for that. Like, yeah, I look at it and yeah, I feel like that person has a perfect life. And yeah, I make myself feel like shit because I'm not that person. I'm never going to be that person. But if you put it in these terms now that I'd have to give up something that's actually me, because yo, the things that I'm fucking recalling and mentioning and listing, that's the shit that has to do with your soul, not your ego and your physical body. There's nothing, trust me, fam, there's nothing that has to do with your soul that you would ever swap out for a different fucking skin suit. Yo, I know these skin suits got y'all hyped. I know these skin suits got y'all upset and depressed and what the fuck, I look in the mirror and like, I just can and I can't even look at myself in a normal picture. I need a fucking filter all the time or like when the Snapchat filter goes off and I look at myself, I'm disgusted or look at that girl. She doesn't even look. She looks filtered already. She looks perfect. Like what the fuck? Can I tell you how miserable that bitch is? You don't believe me, right? But she is because she just like you and her skin suit is not helping her as much as you think. It may help her in the outside world. But if you think it's helping her with her mental, you wrong because our souls all have the same pains, the same troubles, the same tests. 
the skin suit don't make that much of a difference. You know, God created us all equal. If the skin suit made that much of a fucking difference, he would have made us all look the same because that'd be fair. Trust it. It's fair. Leaves don't all look the same, but they they the same. They equal. <laughs> they useful in the same way. They doing the same job. Same. You start looking at people better or different because they look better. That's like being a racist. You know what I'm saying? Like people aren't better. You could want to fuck someone who looks a certain way. I got you. You could you could really want to look a certain way yourself. I got you. But if you like harming yourself and obsessed with looking at people and then you beat yourself up and you make yourself feel like shit because you're never going to have those features. You're never going to have that body. Yo, trust me. If you can make that deal and give up something that is your soul, the shit you fucking love, you wouldn't give up an ounce for that body, for that face, for that nose, for those lips. Not a fucking ounce of what makes you you. So yeah, look, maybe you get some cute hair ideas. Maybe you like the color of her lipstick. Maybe that fucking bathing suit would be way better on you because you got that ass. Whatever the fuck. Look, use it like a shopping magazine. Look at these hoes. Look what the fuck they're look at what they're selling. Look at what they're using. Use it like an ad for something. If you want to buy it, buy it. If you don't, you don't. But what you're not gonna fucking do is look at them and then go, oh my god, I don't look like that. Because <laughs> if you could, you wouldn't want to. Oh, but that's just what you're saying. No, because the price would be too high. What you're saying is you want to be them and the price to be them is too fucking high. You got to give up being you. So no matter how you look, whether you're happy with it or not, whether you're working towards that next surgery or not, whether you're working with your, you know, trainer or not, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You could do whatever you want. As long as you know inside that it doesn't change how valuable and loved you are. That is a constant no matter fucking what. No matter how much melanin, how little melanin, the size of your nose, the, you know, the bridge of your nose, <laughs> the symmetry of your eyes, the, the length of your legs. You could do whatever the fuck you want. Go get that fucking operation where they cut your legs and they got to grow them back together Gattaca style and you like six inches taller. Do whatever you got to do. As long as you know that nothing, nothing, nothing you do, you think, you say is ever going to change this inalienable fact that you are loved and that you're fucking perfect, regardless of if you do it or not. And when you look at these people who to you, in your mind, you're looking at as perfect, you have to keep this kernel with you of belief in yourself. You have to understand that there is some magical substance that makes you, you. And no matter how good somebody else's skin suit looks, it is not as good as that magic sauce that is you. It's just fucking not. I'll give you a perfect example. Yo, Kendall Jenner can't dance. And when I tell you she can't dance, I mean she can't keep a fucking beat like at all. You want to hear something crazier? I saw Ashwarya Rai dancing at a dancing at some wedding where Deepika was there. The the bhangra came on. If you could see what Ashwarya did. If you're a dancer like me and you've always thought she was beautiful, if you could see what Ashwarya did, you will never be the same. 
Because I was like, oh, oh, my God. Yo, she did the auntie dance. I couldn't believe Deepika couldn't believe it. Deepika was like trying to get away from her. Of course, cause she queen. But like, Ashwarya Rai can't dance. Kendall Jenner can't dance. Like, Ashwarya Rai can dance to like Indian songs. You're like, nah, don't front. Ashwarya can't. Yeah, you could teach her a bunch of steps. She fucking kill that shit. But nah. No, she can't. Nah, there's no rhythm there. <laughs> Kendall Jenner's so bad at dancing that it is actually painful to watch her because she's so good at being against the beat. She can't find the beat to save her life. Her body starts prey mantising out, but she can't find that fucking beat. Now, no matter what that bitch looks like or what you think that bitch looks like or what I think that bitch looks like or doesn't look like, if somebody was like, yo, you could have that, but you're not going to be able to dance, I'd be like, yo, do you want me to hit you now or after I give you my... Get the fuck out of here. Yo, my ability to make me dance, my sense of rhythm, my fucking connection to this earth and to the rhythm of the people around me, that's everything. That's what I am. How the fuck you replacing that with 5'11 legs and like a wonky nose and like these like, you know, tilted eyes. How's that supposed to make me feel better when you're taking from me the essence of what's me? There's no fucking body, no matter how celebrated or not, that you could fucking like be like, yo, just give me that and you can have this. No, fuck you. (laughs) What the fuck I'm gonna do with that body? I can't fucking move to a beat. I'll never be able to leave the house again. Where am I supposed to go? The only thing I like to do is dance. What am I supposed to do with my life? <laughs> Just look in the mirror and take selfies? Oh, right. That's what they. That's why they do that all the time? You see what I'm saying? Don't get caught up. I know we need to talk more about social media and how it relates to all this stuff. But just as like a little, you know, pep talk, but uh, like rounding this up, you can't allow yourself to be neglected like this anymore. You can't do this to yourself anymore. Don't fucking sit there and spend hours obsessing over how some bitch looks. First of all, no matter what she says or doesn't say, trust me, that bitch photo uh, face tuned it. Just trust me. These hoes have professional fucking photo retouchers retouching their Instagram posts. Don't waste another fucking minute of your life looking at some hoes photo and thinking, oh my God. Okay, first of all, there's that. Now, second of all, my plug just showed up. Hey. Second of all, this is ending because we're at an hour, so I'm not going to yell at you anymore. But let's talk more about this. I'm going to do another like episode where we just jump off from here into more about self-image and loving yourself and social media and you know how guys figure into it and all that. But for now, really listen to what I said and understand how it applies to the stuff we were talking about before. We have to protect ourselves. We have to protect our hearts and our souls. From what the fuck is going on out here. Don't let yourself fucking get wrapped up. In this bullshit. Because none of this shit means anything. Even if that bitch looks filtered. Walking around in your life. Who what the fuck are you going to do with that? So what? So some fucking ingrate guy. Who can't put two and two together. And still lives with his fucking mom. Can be like oh that bitch is hot. I'm glad you think that bitch is hot sir. You're a fucking idiot. Who gives up for that? For that? Nah. We too good for this is what I'm saying. And, and we need to do better for our girls. We need to do better for our daughters, for our kids. For all our kids, we need to do better. And we can't do better if we out here fucking, you know, trolling these thoughts. Wishing we love, fuck this. 
I love you so much. <laughs> I'm gonna make the videos. I know, I know, Aquarius. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I know. I'm just being in my feelings. You know how it is. <sighs> now I gotta do a whole season of videos for them. They're like, mm hmm, girl, bring it. What are you gonna say now? It's our fucking season. <laughs> But I love you. I will talk to you in a week, okay? DM me. Bye.